All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Anglers Happy Hour podcast. Hope you all are having a great January. Uh, we've got a, a fun episode today. We've got a special guest coming on later, um, Wally Hardy, a good friend of ours. He's uh, He's got some pretty funny stories. So, um, you know, I think you guys will enjoy listening to Wally's humor, uh, him banter back and forth with Nick. But before we get to Wally, we've got the usual stuff to cover. So uh, let's run through, see what's going on with the guys. Nick's going to talk about Mexico a little bit. And uh, first, let's check with you, Rob. What's going on um, for you this cold January here in Arizona, man? Yeah, it's been uh, crazy cold this year. I mean, obviously the rest of the country is a lot co colder than we are. But uh, yeah, it's definitely affected the guide trips. We haven't done as many trips this year. Um, fishing overall is a little slower. I mean, that seems like I'm always saying the same darn thing with that. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to little warmer weather uh which makes the bass fishing better in arizona so i would imagine we'll get uh we'll get some business off the super bowl probably not um dude i have heard some crazy statistics on like what one night airbnb rentals are going for i would imagine i've heard upwards of like eight to twelve grand for oh, like yeah. a house oh yeah for like a house that's like Nothing. I'm talking like subdivision, right? Like a three bed, two bath house yep. in a neighborhood in West Phoenix. <laughs> it's crazy, but it has yeah. to translate into some guide trips. I would think it would, but uh, we may not be offering what they want. Who knows? <laughs> Rob, you offer what everyone wants. Dude. Don't, <laughs> no, don't, don't sell yourself short. You got that secret menu. You're like in and out, dude. The menu is one thing. And then when you ask Rob for like, right, you know, the cast menu. net for shad, you know, fishing the bluffs or something. There's a secret menu when you get a Rob yeah. McCoy guide trip. You just got to know, you got to give them the look, you know, and then it opens up. <laughs> Not really what I was referring to, but yeah. No, I, I mean. well, well, you got, you got tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Uh, for the most part, where we live, we probably won't even know the Super Bowl is going on. Yeah, so, seriously. Which is a good thing. So, I hope Valley. so. Yeah. No kidding, yeah. man. Yeah, it's going to be coming up here in a couple of weeks. It's uh, we got some good games tomorrow. I mean, it's going to be a good no matter basically no matter who wins tomorrow. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. There's four great teams left, probably the four best teams in the league. So yeah, and I, athletics are so competitive now. It's great. Yeah, I'm not a big football fan, but to be honest with you, I'd like to see San Francisco get in just because the the current quarterback uh, was it Brock Purdy. Um, yeah, dude, he went to the high school right down the street from me, man. He's yeah, the, just he's a local the man. kid. So, yeah. yeah, pretty cool. And what I love about it, he was like the last guy in the draft, right? I think he was actually the last number guy drafted, they say, last. right? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. just that's a pretty cool story. So, we have uh some of our baseball family friends that are friends with his parents and oh. so pretty cool, but yeah. Rob, with all this moisture that we continue to receive, um I mean, are we going to have an epic spring, dude? Is is Roosevelt going to be awesome this spring? I, I honestly think it's going to hurt it a little bit. Nah. I mean, it's going to delay stuff. I think, uh, okay. I shouldn't say hurt. It's just going to slow it down. It's not going to be okay. as quick as we think. Um, you know, when we have a mild winter, our lakes are uh, warm faster, warm faster. Things get uh -huh. kick off quicker. Okay. Um, but when we have this influx of water, I mean, I, I'll be so surprised if our lakes are not 100% full. Uh, I was going to ask, is that on the table it, now? I don't pay attention. So, absolutely. I mean, it, I mean yeah. Roosevelt's cool. up 
at least 10 foot since the first of the year and look at wow. the snowpack we have the snowpack is just unreal and that's what fills our lakes is the snow not the rain you know, not and the stuff rain. like that so uh-huh it's um yeah so much for our drought right like it's it's on i keep so this is my year to draw an elk tag i i act like i already have an elk tag and i don't have one yet but i believe i will draw one because of the amount of points i have um and i think it's probably it could be the best year ever to draw oh. with the amount of moisture we're getting right now um just promotes antler growth and animal they'll they'll just be healthy and fat and and it should be phenomenal so it's know, exciting cool. living here right and knowing that like we're so cyclical and so when the cycle's down it's yeah. just you're so mediocre but then when the cycle goes up it's like oh yes yeah. like yeah. good times are coming yeah and i keep looking at like the northern california lakes i mean that's exciting i i don't know if i'll ever get up there to fish but it's just cool to see shasta with some water and yeah oil and um you know they were they were in so much trouble and right um, i yeah i it's almost worth going up there to fish Shasta, Shasta or Oroville or any of those lakes with water in it. Be Dude, there's fun, been a so. mobile home park for sale on Oroville forever. And Dude, they I don't think you want to go there. <laughs> Dude, oh, I'm I just saying joints, but it's funny because it's like they keep dropping the price. Like, is this a of sign? They do. Like, dude, I need to just leave my family and go manage a trailer park. There, I mean, like, what a what a life that would be. I should just like disappear in the night one night and just never be heard from again. And that's where I'll be. You guys will I've, know. I've never had issues at Oroville, but I, you just hear stories like, dude, you barely, and I'm not, this is like California people saying, Oh boy, Oroville. So whatever. I'd fit right in then dude. I'd, I'd be, I would be a welcomed addition to whatever they're whispering about. I would, I would season it nicely. Yeah. It is but, cool to yeah, see so, that water. I mean, it's like uh buys you some time, right? It, you know, every one of these regions that, that is normally super dry, you know, you have a winter like this, Hey, bought us three more years before we're in a drought again. Anyway, as population should be, you know, healthier and so on and so forth. So, Oh yeah. All good. And Western Colorado looks like it's getting a fair amount of snow, which hopefully you know, comes down into Colorado our Colorado river. river lakes. I mean, that's, that's really where we're in trouble. Yep. And that, I mean, can you imagine if Lake Mead had water again? Oh, it'd be I'm, amazing. I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit. And it's going to take a lot and quite a few good years, but man, it would be awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm always watching uh, what's going on over there. And I had watched a video where um, to really, to truly fill that thing up going off of like historical data and what, oh, you God, know, what do they say? 20 years or something. They need three massive years in a row you know which but, is you know which it, it, it happened apparently something like this happened about 40 late years 80, ago or 20 yeah, years I say, ago i think late 70s early 80s no you know, like it, was it that long ago i don't know i can't remember if it was 20 I mean, lake or mead was years full ago. in 20 years ago lake mead was darn near full so maybe that's mm-hmm. when that pattern happened but like yeah. yeah they had three years of like they had two unbelievable years and then one really good year and then you know, that's what this one guy was saying. If you had that again, it, it would happen. Dude, in 2001, we were fishing like the sticks as far as you could go up the river at Lake Mead, you know, in muddy in or 2001. The that's 2001. Insane, yeah. That's yeah. crazy to think. Like, like the first time I got on that lake, it was probably 2007. And uh, it was already way down, way down, way down, way yeah. down, dude. So like, Man, six years, dude, it dropped a lot. That's that is crazy to think. 
Yeah. If anyone is uh, looking for a cool book to listen to or read, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it here, but it's called the Emerald mile. And it's, it's really a book about whitewater rafting the grand Canyon, which is Lake Powell between uh, no, the Colorado river between Lake Powell and Lake Mead. But uh, I I'm pretty sure that book spends a lot of time referencing what you were talking about, Josh. And uh, the dam at Lake Powell was breached. And what they did was they built wood, like skeletal structure around the top of the dam and then put two sheets of four by eight plywood on top of each other sideways. And it got halfway up the second sheet of plywood before it finally started to come back down. All the runoff was out of the mountains. Wow. And the whole, the whole book is just like white knuckle, like unbelievable. And then the, the plot of it is, is the, the guys do the fastest trip from pal to mead uh on record it's it's cool it's a it's a great story and they do it in an old a tiny little wooden rowboat and what year was that cool. I, so i'm saying i want to say late 70s early 80s and the three guys in the boat are like the craziest cast of outcast you know, riverboat guide just like it's, oh, it's cool dude seriously if we were badass we're just kind of like fat and you know domesticated but spiritually we're them Parker was laughing at me the other day. He was he was saying I I, I was sitting and it looked like I had a double chin, and he was goes, "You look fat like a baby," and he was laughing so hard, dude. Who said who was? It's on Parker. Ah, that's awesome, dude. Kids that are the hilarious. best, man. Yeah. They just they know how to say something to you at the right moment where you're already pretty insecure and vulnerable, and they just get you, and you're like, ah. Oh. If it wasn't Hilarious. for the, you sharing 50% of my genes, but anyways, we digress. All right. Yeah. So Nick, Nick, give us an uh, overview of yeah. Mexico, dude. Yeah, man. I had just a, just a wonderful time. I uh, was able to sneak out largely unexpectedly last minute. Um, I, I contacted the Lake Baccarat Lodge and they had a lot of vacancy and uh, I was able to redeem some points with my wife and she was kind enough to hold down the fort. She got strep throat 36 hours before my bus left. Uh, so needless to say, she was a, a G for holding it down because she didn't feel very good and everyone was sick, but did the, the classic bus trip. This time I did Nogales, Arizona to Los Mochis, Sinaloa. And then uh, the, the lodge picked me up there at the bus station and they looked at me and said, no one has ever taken the bus to Los Mochis and stayed at the Baccarat Lodge. And Lake Baccarat Lodge is a Wally in the interview coming up makes reference to non five star accommodations on our trip that he went on. The Lake Baccarat Lodge is the other end of that spectrum. They have their own private airstrip. So needless to say, the clientele doesn't sick. really. Yeah, dude, they don't show up on a, a luxury Greyhound bus, but. Everything went super smooth. They picked me up. I got there at like 1 p.m., whatever day that was, like a Wednesday or Thursday. And it was like 84 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, one mile an hour breeze gently puffing alongst, amongst the lake. And the lodge is built up on like a, a bluff, a hilltop overlooking just a huge bay of the lake. And it was just as soon as I got there, I was like, this is going to be good. And it just proceeded to be so good, man. The the size, I didn't catch size. My biggest fish was seven pounds. Uh, two other really, really awesome guys from Chicago were staying at the lodge. One caught a nine. 
and the other caught, you know, uh, uh, they caught seven to their biggest was nine. And then they caught, who knows, they were actually fishermen. They came prepared and knew what they were doing. And did you chat with them hard. every night, like hang out with uh, them in the evenings? Cause everyone yeah, hangs so out fun. together at those lodges, right? They do. And it was special because I'm, even though I like, like doing this, I'm a little bit introverted and shy when it comes to those types of gatherings. And they were just instantly, you know, like soul brothers. It was just easy to like be honest. And there was no, you know, sometimes you're not sure like how to vibe with people and instantly with them, it was just like, easy. No tickling. So, uh, you know, Ken really likes the tickling. Um, but in 11 <laughs> years of since Wally, I've really dialed that down. I've found that that's, okay. you know, politically inappropriate, correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. So Ken, Can you tell about the podcast. Yeah. So hopefully they'll listen to this and, uh, smile and laugh a little bit and enjoy it. And, uh, it was cool, man. They had a couple of glorious days. I think 10 put on a clinic with an A-rig one of the days and caught a bunch of five to seven pounders on it. And it was fun, man. It's just, you know, it's cool to go somewhere like where you'll catch 40 to 60 fish yourself with the majority of them being three to six pounders. You know, you catch, you catch rats. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely small fish in that lake, but every time, every time you get a tap, you just are like, "Mm, well, who knows what this is going to be. And you set the hook and it swims off to deep water and you're like, is it a four or is it a 14? And then it jumps and you're like, okay, it's a four. Cool. You know, it's just, it's so, so fun, man. Yeah. So, how do you, so good. how do you catch them right now down there? What's the primary techniques? Gosh, man, I think just getting it in the water. I think a lot of it came down to the guide. And so my guide loved reaction fishing, which is so fun. So I had a little Rapala crankbait, a little shad wrap and, you just freaking mow the grass with it, dude. You just catch them on it. I There's a bunch grass on. in there now? Nah, just a bad analogy. No, it's it's rock and and it's mostly rock and stick ups and stuff like that. Like our, so I, our lakes yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, dude, Mexico fishing is like, oh, this is what Roosevelt probably looked like in the 80s when the fishing yeah. was magical. Because <laughs> it just looks the same. It's never been that magical, but yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know, right? Like it's just, it's a, it's kind of like the land that time forgot. It feels like, you know, it's just, you know, they don't have the same industrial feel to their lakes. There's not, you know, 400 surf boats going by playing Cardi B as you pound the bank next to six other bass boats, praying that you're the one it's just, it's different. So yeah, so a lot of reaction stuff, but the best dude was the top water bite was electric. And so the first 90 minutes of the morning, and then my guide was cool. We'd fish until it was too dark to see your, your popper on the surface of the water wow. anymore. And then we'd drive home in the dark, dude, with no, like, that's I mean, crazy, it was dude. like dusk. No GPS. And, nah, dude. He's just freaking menu back there, man in the tiller, like a boss. And it was cool. Cause like the sky is so huge that you can see every star in the sky and watch them all. It's just, but menu caught a seven and a half pounder on a popper. And it was like, so exciting to watch the water just like explode. And when you, it's so funny too. Like, so it makes the cast cinematic explosion, sets the hook, winches in a seven and a half pounder. And these fish fight so hard. Like they're like extra mean and angry. They're like a three pounder fights so hard. So he just like winches in this fish over the side of the boat. It comes he weighs it in the boat, dude. Oh, swings, dude, he swings everything, swings this thing in, weighs it. Okay. Yep. 740, whatever it was. And then dude just proceeds to over his left shoulder, it back into the lake. Like it was like a a lateral 
And it was, I'm just in the stand, front of the boat with my eyes like pancakes watching this all happen. Pretty jealous that I didn't catch it because I was sucking major wind at that moment. I was just like, not fishing whatever. well. Oh, dude, another 740, right? Like not a 10 back <laughs> into the lake. And I just am smiling to myself thinking like, dude, I would have gave like mouth to mouth resuscitation to that thing and like cradled it lovingly. And they're fine. Like I mean, I, dude, exactly. Like I would have just been like, oh, this is like the most magical moment of my life. So it was cool. It was a lot of perspective seeing that and not at all to make that sound like he wasn't, you know, taking care of his fishery or like being respectful. Obviously he's, he's a professional and he, he fishes with people 330 days a year that know what's up. And then one day with a loser who's out of touch like me, but it was so fun, man. Trip went great. Got back smoothly without a hitch. I did wonder if my, uh, shiny white F-150 was going to still be in the parking lot in Nogales for six days where I left it because there was no one else in the parking lot. So it's, no one else, it, it, dude, no one else, dude. I intelligently parked under the street light that had a security camera on it. But then the whole time I was down, there, I was like, dude, I have a freaking loan on that thing, a car payment. That's exactly what the truck's worth. And it's fully insured. So they'd be doing me a favor if it drove away. It'd be one less payment in my life, but True. it was still there waiting for me when I got home and, uh, it was good. As Josh and I were talking on the phone when you were traveling down there and we were pretty sure your truck was going to get stolen, you were going to get kidnapped, uh -huh. um, all that, we both agreed that it's probably the best fishing you could go to this time of year anywhere in the country. Well, up here. Yeah, the pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't yeah. disappoint, dude. It was so good. My That's goodness, cool. it was. The Very weather, cool. dude, every day every day one day there was like a little bit of overcast skies for like three hours and then the rest of the time it was 86 sunny and no wind i mean How it was just morning? like premiere How was the chilly in the morning 40 yeah uh like 50 okay. so i would wear and i'm such a wimp so i had like enough clothing that i wasn't going to be cold but anyone who has like normal circulation would be able to wear like a sweatshirt <laughs> like that's all you need nice good yeah, food in the lodge Ah, oh, dude, the best man. I, yeah. I ate like a King and I probably had a few too many Tecates from time to time there. And, uh, it was just exceptional. Nice. nice. And I, yeah, I, it was just, it was good. Remind me to make a joke. That's politically incorrect. You guys off the air about like one of the opportunities that presented itself at the lodge in the, uh, um, manner of, uh, recreational enjoyment. Sounds like you're going lodge, down that road right now. So let's not even, uh, let's wait. But just the lodge is, the lodge is so good, man. It like, you just, you show up and you walk through that. I, and I have a video. So anyone who cares, like can text me or message me and I'll send it to you. But like, it's just so beautiful, man. Like you see the lake right when you walk through their little like entryway, they have a sick tackle shop. That's like fully stocked with, it looks like what's behind Josh right now. Like plastics and crankbaits and just oh man it's as someone who's not accustomed to nice things like i am accustomed to eating tuna packets out of a backpack for four days with my brother in the bahamas to show up somewhere where they actually have like hot running water and good food was it was go and it's affordable too man it's not even that expensive anyone who's listening that's thinking about it just go it's amazing how many guests were there when you were there just those two homies from uh, Chicago, TJ and Ken and have? myself, a bunch, probably like 16 or 18. I think, wow. I think I was in number nine on the left wing and I, it looked like it went the other way too. So, you know, it can, it can totally support 
like a big group of people, but, uh, I got lucky, dude. I timed it where there, I didn't share the boat with anyone. Like I started fishing with the, the, there's a kid named Juan who's, uh, the driver. And, uh, the second day I was like, man, like ask your boss, like, let him come out and fish with me in the afternoon. And so he did. And he proceeded to just fully destroy me and kick my ass, dude. He caught, dude, three to one. I mean, he's like, boat flipping sixes and just like thumping on him <laughs> and then he's like oh i've never fished top water before like oh you're in for a treat man it's pretty good right now he ties on a popper and he just if i caught i probably caught 12 that night in the top water you know action dude he caught like 30 and like four five How four crazy. five was dude he, he in the front he's or just you? a stick no of course i was in the front man i'm the gringo i i deserve to be you know, number one in all aspects. And so of course I get first cast at everything and he's just mopping up behind me. So oh, it was cool. It was super humbling. I loved it, man. It was, it was fun. That's awesome, man. What a trip. That sounds good. That sounds totally great. Um, and what's their season, dude? When does it start and when does it end? Do you know? Cause I know that there is a season. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the only other time I've been to back rack was June. I see a, a laugh, so I can't see what Rob's doing right now, but uh, I'm sure it's good. Um, I think it's probably like October ish through like April ish, just because it's not as hot. It gets, it gets pretty hot and pretty rainy through the late summer. And then, uh, you know, I was there with it. Everything's pretty dry. I think, I think no, ideally November would be sick because things would still be green. It's a dry season, wet season type of deal. So gotcha. the bank looks super dead sometimes. And then other times it's just like a jungle. There's so much stuff, dude, like javelinas mountain lions coyotes like it's just a life there's 71 trillion osprey like every cove you go in osprey are diving and coming out with tilapia and small bass and so lively yeah 26 trillion herons and egrets and it's just it's cool that's really cool man what a place i'm glad you Josh, what do you got going on uh you know it's uh i just got home um, I was down in North Carolina or over in North Carolina for the last week or so. I worked a uh, show. I did seminars at a like an open house at a boat dealership called Angler's Choice Marine. They're a Nitro Ranger Triton dealer in uh, Lexington, North Carolina. And uh, that was good. And then I went over to Lake Norman and pre-practiced for Redcrest for a few days. Did a lot of idling and and looking and and uh, marking stuff for when we go back so uh, i froze i mean nick you're talking about you know poor circulation dude the first day that i was on the water it was i mean i got three days to practice right to be out there and you can't sit in the hotel for a day you know you got three days it's a monster lake you can't sit in the hotel well it it rained all day and it was 37 degrees on the first day i was out there (laughs) so i didn't really want to get i always talk about the wet boat syndrome when i have to leave it right but and i didn't want to deal with that but i had a couple more days after where i could dry it out crack the compartments when i was running around and idling so i got out there and it sure did dude i sat in that driver's seat and idled all day (laughs) and uh i was warm like i had good gear on i had um you know, my true timber stuff. And then, um, hand warmers taped to you, (laughs) lots of layers, dude. I did the the usual stuff and stayed warm, but you know, I had one pair of wool socks and I had this pair of boots that, um, (laughs) they're like, they're like mid weather, mid grade boots. They're usually fine, especially when you're fishing because you're moving around and stuff, but I've never worn those boots on a day where I just sat there and idled all day. 
and uh, I get back and I feel, you know how your feet start to get sometimes numb, you know, when it gets really cold, especially like your toes. Well, dude, that starts happening like halfway through the day. And I'm just not thinking about it. And I just power through it, dude. And I'm just going and just trying not to think about my feet. And I'm, I'm okay other than that. And I stay out there till it's dark. And I get back to the ramp. There's one other guy that was on the lake. is Michael Neal. We were both out there. And we're the only two idiots. So we get back. And uh, I just keep the boots on. Go back to the hotel. Drive back to the hotel. And my feet are still basically my toes. And under my feet are still numb when I get back to the hotel. And I take my socks off, dude, and my toes are white and the bottom of my feet are white. Oh, and uh, I start to get nervous, dude. And I start Googling like, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? And uh, I'm there and I'm looking for tips. They say run under hot water. I'm running my feet under hot water. I'm moving around the hotel room. <laughs> and dude, I mean, it took a long time to get the color back into my feet. Like, over an hour, dude, before the color was back into my toes. And I learned a lesson for sure. I was double socks and a better pair of boots mm-hmm. the next couple of days. But that was, uh, I didn't, you know, I thought 37, like, I don't know what it takes to get frostbite. And it was not frostbite, but like, it wasn't good, dude. It was scary it was a little scary when i was back in that hotel and the color wasn't coming back so little psa for the listeners out there watch those toes well if you would have had to lose a couple of feet you would have like you could do the wooden peg leg thing and it would be so fitting for you because you've been red beard my whole friendship with you and so if you could just have a couple <laughs> peg legs and a hook you'd be fully red oh man i'd be, be a so character great. dude that'd be great <laughs> I'm just the bottom of his legs, we could put the little pedestal that <laughs> the butt seat goes in. <laughs> and then we can make like a pegboard up on the Lock front deck for him so he could like pop to each hole. <laughs> like the cracker barrel game with the golf tees and the triangle with the holes. It'd be like Josh fishing on the front deck. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. But well, I'm glad everything worked out good, man. Survive that. And uh, dude, speaking of surviving too, uh, one other crazy, and it's this is this is no laughing matter. It was crazy, and I think it ended up being okay. But um I'm over at that angler's choice giving a seminar the second day, and uh, they've got their their showroom laid out where um it's not massive, but it's big enough to have everyone inside. It was pretty cold outside for that thing. So I'm giving a seminar and everyone is in the building just kind of standing around the boat that I'm standing on giving the seminar. And uh, there's a lady probably in her fifties next to the boat with her husband and uh, like the closest people to me, like, you know, they're 10 feet away. And I'm like 20 minutes into the seminar and this lady hits the deck, dude. She, She faints or passes out. And uh, I thought she was having a seizure or something, you know, and uh, dude, I, you know, everyone's like gasping and, uh, you know, I got the microphone. I'm like, we got a problem, guys. You know, I, I put the microphone down and they, they call 911 and this lady is out cold, dude. Oh, dude. no. And uh, like, I'm just sitting there thinking, holy crap. You know, there's a, one guy was a fireman. He's down there trying to like talk to her, get her, see if she, she'll wake up. She wakes up like a minute later and she was talking. She was with it. You know, she was kind of joking, but they still like she stayed on the ground and they called. They had they took her out on a stretcher and took her to the hospital. So what what a freak Whoa. deal. And it was uh, that's too bad. 
a first in for me in the, in the seminar uh, world. It was pretty crazy, and hopefully she's doing okay. Damn. But I mean, I, luckily she was with it, you know, when she got, and a couple of people are like, you know, maybe she was just standing there with her legs locked, you know, and, uh, you know, apparently. Blood, stand, yeah. Just, just faint. Makes you faint, right? Yeah. I think I, uh, I had a real memorable moment in, uh, my junior year of high school at the national anthem of a home or a, a basketball game. And, uh, I, I went down hard at the bleachers dude and like bounced in a moment of silence. Oh, wow, dude. And it was the same thing. I, well, I don't know if it's the same thing. I hope this woman is fine. But yeah, I, I locked my knees and I went tumbling on down the, the way. And I was known for that. It's good to be known for things. And that's what I was known for. But the guy fainted. <laughs> yeah, I, I bounced. But I hope she's okay. I mean, that's such a scary deal. And then I couldn't imagine like being a presenter with a microphone in front of, you know, an audience and having to like, you know. Props to you for getting some attention to her and hopefully everything's okay. Oh, for dude. Her. Well, I mean, everyone saw because she was standing yeah. in the front, right? So like <laughs> it was and luckily there was a guy. The the luckiest thing of all of it was she like fainted onto a guy. So oh, like so she, she didn't hit her head her going fall. down. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. there's a lot that she could have hit her head on. But um, yeah, pretty crazy. He kind of caught her and um I think. I think she was all right. But anyways, uh, that's been uh, about all that's going on here. We got kind of a long interview with our buddy Wally, um, Wally Hardy. He's a, he's a great guy, a great character. And um, I think everyone will enjoy this. Um, you know, basically just kind of telling some stories, laughing and uh, you know, having a, a fun interview. So um, you guys have anything else before we send it over to him? I feel right. like it just needs a disclaimer of anything you're about to hear is extremely untrue. That paints me in a bad light. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Well, fifth. with that, hope you guys enjoy. There he is. There he is right there. Oh, I wish I, you were here. I wish you were here, brother. I'd punch <laughs> you in the face and throw some grass on you right now. <laughs> Man, well, if that doesn't make me want to see you, then I can't think of anything that would. What's going on, fella? Not a whole lot, man. I like your background there. That's exciting. There's all sorts oh, that's, of. That's just living vicariously through you crazy fishermen out there. You know, that's I, I true. I don't go that often anymore, but I, I still like to. Still like to, but just always busy. All right. Yeah, all well, right. Somebody's got to pay for it. That's right. Well, Wally, it's great to see you. Uh, and now's our opportunity. We talked about uh, Wally a little bit in the intro but uh we've got a great connection here good audio so we'll get kicking right here and um for those of you that don't know wally is actually the all-time bass record holder for <laughs> the his check cashing percentage in tournaments he's tied he's he's at 100 percent um granted it was one tournament um on the co-angler side but still he <laughs> is uh the record holder and he i mean he he got in and then got out when he was ahead so um you know wally is a great friend of ours we go way way back and uh you know we've got a story to tell today and a, a score to settle today so um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got rob an unbiased judge um i'm okay. a witness and uh um, oh. we've got two two men here that need to tell their story so um <laughs> we're we're gonna roll this back to 2012. Oh, popping in the time machine. It's been a long time. September. We decided to jump in the truck and drive to Lake Fort Gibson, 
in Oklahoma. It was the final Bassmaster Open of the uh, 2012 season in the Central Opens. And uh, Nick and I had been fishing them all year. We traveled with our buddies, um, Mitch, Mark, Tommy, and um, Wally decided to jump in and, and uh, fish this one. So, um, Wally, I'll let you take the floor, man. And, and really, I think this could be a pretty pretty cool story to listen to if you're an angler that's like thinking about fishing your first event because wally was an avid fisherman but um not like an avid tournament fisherman and um it was it's pretty i think it'd be pretty neat to hear his account of like what it was like to be at a uh you know a a major triple a level tournament um you know as a non-experienced tournament fisherman so wally uh take the floor man how'd it go hey i appreciate it guys um you know, you know, when I was looking up this tournament and realizing that it was in 2012, I know we all know that time flies, but I mean, you know, that, that's coming up, you know, 11 years ago. It's just that much time has passed. Um, but I met Josh through one of his fishing buddies, um, Justin Thompson, when Justin decided to move. Um, I, you know, I had a, just a fix on, on fishing, you know, Arizona and, and I like, you know, going with the guides, the guys that can put you on the fish that are there every day in the boat, like Rob and, you know, Nick, you know, I know you're an avid stick fisherman as well. Um, but, um, you know, so Justin had said, Hey, you know, call this guy, um, I'm moving and, uh, he'll be good to you and he'll take you out fishing. So, you know, naturally, I bugged Josh left and right, and we went out, you know, we went out a ton, hit it off really well. I was really into, for a while, into the big baits with, like, uh, the HUDs, and I was buying them all anytime I could buy them, and I'm just begging Josh, let's go to Canyon, let's go to Canyon, let's catch a big monster bass, you know, just always, always, always. He would have, like, the craziest... um like trick swim baits that would come out like on special release. And he would, he's so generous. He would always give them to me, but he'd be like, dude, here, I got a little something for you. And it would be like a midnight black edition weedless Huddleston. <laughs> you know, but I mean, but it, but it was, it was fun, you know, and, and Josh is also, I, I could tell when I learned, you know, what he wanted to do and his passion with, with fishing um, you know, I, I told my dad when I was a kid, I said, Hey, he said, Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, you know, I want to be a professional bass fisherman. And I don't even know if Josh knows this story. He literally told me do something else. You're not going to make any money doing that. And my dad was the type of guy where you could do whatever you wanted. But when he just said, do something else. It's kind of weird. I think maybe it's just how you're wired as a kid. I was like, boom, never, never thought about being a professional fisherman again after that. Oh, dream killer. Yeah. So, so maybe so. So it's kind of wild, but you know, I don't even know where my love of fishing came from other than uh, really watching the Saturday morning stuff from, you know, Bill Dance, Roland Martin, um, you know, Jimmy Houston, you know, all those dudes when I was a kid, you know, you just got up Saturday morning and watched them all morning long. But uh, getting back to Josh, I just realized that, how, you know, just how good he was, you know, the cast, the placement, you know, just knows how to do everything. So it was just kind of wild uh, to see. And one day we were out at Saguaro and I used to tell Josh when we were when he wanted to move, I'd be like, let me, let me just have one more magic cast. And I would call it one more magic cast Every time. Wherever, wherever I wanted to throw it, just in hopes I would show him up 
and say we don't need to leave. Well, one day we're out at Saguaro with a friend of ours named Rich Young, and we had been throwing the huds all morning long. And I just said, you know what, Josh, I want to have a magic cast because he's like, you can tell he's ready to go. Hadn't caught any, you know, hadn't had any bites on it. And I look at Josh and I said, look, I want to make a magic cast, but I got to ask you, if you could throw it one place, where would you throw it? And he tells me I would throw it right back over here over your right shoulder, Wally, and hum it out there as far as you can. I throw it out there and I'm a big goofball. I know Nick knows that, Rob doesn't, but I'm usually, you know, teasing, full of crap, whatever you want. Well, I'm just slowly crawling this HUD on the bottom. And Josh goes, all right, Wally, reel it up. Let's get out of here. And right when he says that, I get a thump on that HUD. And I said, hang on, let me set the hook on this fish. Rare back, and it ends up being five, six pound largemouth. And Josh was just like, I cannot believe the magic <laughs> cast was like that. I go, but you told me if you had to throw it anywhere, you noticed that I had not fan casted that particular area and boom you get hit so that's why i've always hated them um but uh getting out now to the tournament so josh after you know many months of fishing with him tells me you know he, he really encourages me like hey you know what you should if you can get the time off you should come out to uh fort gibson and fish this bass event and he goes my buddy nick's gonna go uh he mentioned mark walker mitch uh, uh kistner was gonna go um, you know, Jonovich was going to be there. And so we, we load up and, and we roll. But one of the things that Josh tells me before we, uh, you know, I meet Nick, he said, hey, Wally, this guy's, you know, real silly guy. He's got a great sense of humor. Um, he said, but he likes to pick on folks and he's probably going to maybe tickle you. And I'm like, tickle me. <laughs> I'm just like, no, he's not going to tickle me. And he's like, well, I'm just telling you, you know, he's a real funny guy, but he's probably going to tickle you. And so I was just like, all right, well, we'll Nick likes to make people uncomfortable. That's no. part of his humor. No. Yeah. So, and and so, when he was with Mitch, it was even worse. Right. No. The two of no. them together were, False. were quite the team, dude. So, so anyway, so, you know, we, we, we go to this wonderful tournament and, and, you know, I do have a, a fun little oh. <laughs> oh. nice. way in from the big fella. Dang. Um, so, but, but we get to the, the deal and, you know, the accommodations, you know, less than five star for sure. Ah, 4. A, cabin, 8. a cabin in the woods, uh, one <laughs> bathroom, uh, which ah. I know, I know the fishermen are always used to, you know, crowded, uh, you know, situations and, and one bathroom, but I always sit there and say, man, if I've got to go, I, I need to go. I don't want to have to wait or hold or Josh's turn is next or whatever. But anyway, so we, we get to the, we get to the, uh, the event and uh, Nick had already started with the tickling, you know, and I, and I tell him, you know, don't, you know, leave me alone, you know, and he, and he's giddy and he laughs and runs off, you know, like whatever, but it's driving me insane. You know, and I'm just like, I don't want this kid tickling me anymore. So, you know, and Josh is my soundboard. He's the one that I know. And I'm like, dude, this guy's driving me crazy. And Josh, <laughs> at, it, with his laid back personality, is just laughing, saying, all right, just, just take I'm it I'm focusing in. on the fishing, dude. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about you guys tickling each other and getting pissed off at each other. I'm trying to fish this tournament. <laughs> 
So, you know, so that 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 goes on. And I, I don't know how long we were there. It was like 10 or 14 days. We were there long, for a while. We were there but, for a while. You know, and it, and it was brutal. But, you know, coming from somebody like with, with the intro of Josh, where you, you have a guy like Wally that loves to fish or thinks he loves to fish. And then you get up every day and fish from sunup to basically sundown as you're out there in, you know, on on Fort Gibson. And it's it's just amazing how much it takes you takes it out of you. And by like day four, five, or six of practice, I literally tell Josh, I, I gotta take a break. I mean, my back was hurting, my shoulders were killing me. And and he understood and he was just like, Yeah, you know, y'all can hang here. And that, that's that's time for another story because y'all needed like a boat strap. Y'all found like a a spot. You remember where y'all got oh, yeah. permission to dig from the Army Corps of Engineers that day because somebody stumbled on a little puddle connected to the lake. And if you could dig out a spot and then you had a giant strap where you could maybe yank your boat over into that spot or whatever you guys were doing. You remember, and I literally told you guys, I have a giant toe strap in my tackle bag. And you guys were like, no, you don't. We're Dude, I don't even remember the strap. Do you, Nick? The plaintiff, the plaintiff is far off topic. No, and I, I pull out the strap and boom, you guys are all excited. Y'all go out, <laughs> y'all get the shovels, you go bananas. You had a great day out there. And of course, that's the day that I, that I miss because I'm You picked a good day to it. not go out there, dude. Right. But, you know, so getting back to the, to the tourney, but, you know, it, it, we're, we're practicing hard every day. You're listening to Josh. If it's like this, you know, you'd say, Wally, you know, we're going to be dragging jigs and you're going to be looking for. Uh, rocky bottoms, you know, and then and then we'll get to some spots where you where you're going to throw a a 1.5 square bill, and then we're going to be to another spot where uh, you can throw spinner baits and this. And so I'm literally just trying to take it in as a sponge. And so you know, at when when tournament day comes around and you find out who you're fishing with, I tell Josh, I said, hey, I drew a guy named Kurt Warren, uh, and and Josh goes, you know what? That could be a good sign, Wally. He is from Rose, Oklahoma, and he probably has fished uh, Fort Gibson a million times. And so I, I meet this guy and very nice guy, very, very quiet guy. I mean, super calm. Um, you got to like, you know, just kind of electrocute him to get him to speak. He's very, very just quiet. Or tickle. Yeah, or tickle. And um so we get out there and he tells us where we're going to go. He says, we're going to fish in like 20, 25 feet of water. And I just asked him, I said, can you tell me what the bottom's going to be like? And he goes, yeah, it's going to be rocky. And so all I could think of was good old uh, Tommy Biffle and the old, uh, I, I told Tommy that I would, I would talk to him about. There it know, is. The old, the old sooner run color of, of the Biffle bug. Yeah. Which, who I met that day. I mean, I literally went down and shook his hand and, you know, it was a lot I'll of never, fun. Wally said, uh, Mr. Biffle, I'm a big fan of your bug. And Tommy just goes, thank you. Yep, that was it. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was my meet and greet with, with Tommy Biffle. But so I literally, you know, we, we pull up <laughs> to the first spot and I think on the first, you know, uh, pitch, you know, boom, I catch a fish. You know, well, long story short, 20 minutes later, maybe 25 minutes later, 
Wally has his limit. And it, you know, it was, and it was, and it's a giant tough place to fish. I mean, I realized that. It was super that, tough. That Not to cut you in. off, Wally, but like no, it, it's, the, it, the, that time of year is so tough. The bags, if you could catch a limit of bass, you were doing great. And so great. I'm literally, I'm, I'm literally going bananas and I'm just like, wow, this is cool. So you're already, the drug's already in you and you're already thinking, man, I, I already have, you know, and as an amateur, you have to catch three fish and, I, and I'm done, right? I mean, I get to fish and maybe, and then I'm starting to think, do you think I'll be able to call? And, you know, and I, I don't really, I, I know what that is, but, you know, I'm not a tournament fisherman. <laughs> and so we're fishing, but while I'm dragging the biffle bug, Kurt is, is deep cranking and he's catching fish, but he's catching monster drum. And all I told Josh was the other day is I was shocked that he wasn't throwing the biffle because I was catching more and more fish. They just weren't as big as the ones that I already had. Well, about 10 or 15 minutes go by and Mark Walker, who I had no idea was probably 50 yards over my left shoulder, he screams on one of my catches and says, with, with his mouth cupped, he just goes, how does it feel to catch your limit in 30 minutes? And I look <laughs> and I, I have to see who is that? And then I notice it's Mark. And then, so I just give him like a thumbs up and, and the day went, went Tell phenomenal. Tell him stay off your water. Stay away That's from right. Mark. That's <laughs> right. So, Get you know, up. Out of here. And so a long day, you know, Kurt's boat broke down a, a great story too. in in that deal, you know, us boat was one of the sponsors. Well, he, he had some electrical problems and, you know, sometimes the, the boat wouldn't start. Sometimes it would. And then, so he goes, well, I'm going to get to one of my spots. And then if it breaks down, we're just going to stay there and we're going to fish. And I'm just like, okay. So, and then I just ask him, cause I think about the U S boat deal. And I literally say, hey, how does that work? And he said, well, if you have insurance through them, you know, you can call them. They'll come out on the water. They'll get you. Well, I just ask them, you know, just as again, as a dumb amateur, I go, hey, do you have any insurance with boat U.S. boat or anything like that? And he goes, I don't. I pulled out my cell phone and my debit card and I paid a year insurance for U.S. boat for Kurt. And I called the lady with that company and she said, okay, we have to wait several days for this policy to kick in. <laughs> and I just chuckled and I said, well, can I tell you something? We are stranded on the water right now. And U.S. Boat is a sponsor of this event. Do you think that you can maybe give me some common courtesy and override this crap three-day wait hold? time frame before you file a claim and she goes you're on the water i'm like yes ma'am i'm in a tournament and we're broken down u.s boat i know is here i have no idea where because i don't know where i am on this freaking lake and long story short <laughs> she says hang on she gets back on the other line and she says u.s boat from the tournament is coming out and the guy and josh and nick and you know rob you would know what it is the guy comes out with like a power pack to charge, you know, to jump your boat. And he leaves it with us and just goes, use this all day when you need it. And we'll deal with your boat when you get back in. That was clutch. And, that and, is, that's and, incredible. And that was, and we, and we were down from that, that phone call from that debit charge. I think from the time it took, we were down an hour. 
And, but we were sitting again in 105 degree heat, you know, no breeze. It was brutal. I mean, it was hot. I told Josh too. I even asked, uh, Kurt, do you want me to stop fishing? Because I was catching fish that day. And I ended up calling twice on the three fish in my live well. So then we head to day one weigh in. And, you know, I, I knew that I would be doing okay. But after day one, I had nine, nine pounds, nine ounces with three fish for third place. And it was probably a pound and a half out of, out of first. But when I'm up on stage, Josh had already weighed in. And I'm one of the last guys that, that's weighing in that day. And I tell the audience that I called twice and I'm looking at Josh in, in the, in the audience. And he mouths to me, like you called twice, like you dirty, rotten bastard for catching all of those fish like that. And then when I got to see Josh after I weighed in, um, you know, it, it was just fun to see because he was smiling. He was just like, wow, what an what an amazing day Stoked for you, man. Uh, yeah. And, you and struggled I said, How did you do? And he was like, you know, I struggled, dude. You know, I struggled. Um, and so I you struggled. Know, I only had 19 pounds. Right. But, you know, <laughs> but you, and the crazy thing is, is so then you're like, OK, now you're on a high. Let's go into day two. But before day two starts, we got a little something going on in the cabin when we circle back to the mysterious tickler. All right, here we go. And Nick decided that he wanted to just give the big bear one more tickle. And that tickle was not welcomed. And all I can say is, and I thought of how do I say this? I took Nick like he was a free safety and I was an offensive lineman and I wrapped him up and I literally body slam ran him into the ground in the cabin, had him full mounted on his chest while he is trying struggling mightily to get up. And I'm like, dude, you aren't going anywhere. I was <laughs> like, you are not tickling me anymore. And before I knew it, you know, everyone's like, calm down, everybody. Calm it's not down. real. I mean, I, yeah, Nick's had fear in his eyes. I remember that. It was uncomfortable. And then the only other story I really have for Nick. Oh, is wait, 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 okay. wait. Yeah. Okay. Is that Go how ahead. you remember it, Nick? Oh, it's been it's been eleven short years. So clearly, you know, Bob Seeger has turned the page um, mm. in this instance. <laughs> but uh, you know, Josh, I just Josh would, doesn't would, even know who that is. He does. Oh, yeah, that's do. okay. But no, I'm with Nick, dude. I mean, yeah, well, your memory of this Wally is is amazing. And half of it could be, you know, inaccurate. Your take, you know, because hundred percent so long, dude. <laughs> what do you remember? I like Nick? to well, so <clears throat> when I get, you know, these derogatory, non-constructive, hateful labels slapped on me like tickler and incessant and you know, irrelevant. I uh, I just like to think that most of my tickling focuses in the spiritual, emotional, and psychological aspects of life more than the physical tickling. And, you know, at this point, we would need expert witnesses and forensic science to really know what happened. But I will just say that if someone is tickling you and you're you're no longer wanting tickling, mounting them. And, and not allowing them to escape from underneath the mount is almost like a, 
a hand and glove response from the physical uncomfortableness of tickling. And uh, it, it, it would make sense. And so therefore, it probably is exactly how it happened. I also remember on day like 19 of practice where, and Wally, don't you remember like all you did was go 2.6 miles an hour in Josh's boat, never fishing with side scan, trying to find one piece of rock on a nine football field flat in 800 degree That's weather right. with I no wind guys i had you guys just idling and idling and idling looking uh side scanning for rock that's correct that's brutal that is brutal we had a lot of idle time no pun intended and i remember at one point i had taken my buff off which i you know bring two buffs and so everything's been worn 66 times at this point and i remember looking over my shoulder and seeing <laughs> wally with my buff on oh. with his face completely all the way up to the bill of his cap in it. Thinking oh, sweat. this this good friend of mine is now, you know, salted my one of my only remaining buffs at this point. So salted. I do remember feeling a little salty and hostile about your choice of, you know, soiling a very important garment of mine. So the the tent the tensions was running um, high. This is true. This is a temple, one, is this a temple garment? Uh, in the temple of bass fishing, it is. Yeah. It's a very, you know, trusted and earned, you know, rite of passage in clothing. You know, this was before the days of shirts that have hoods, incredible invention. You know, back then we relied on a third piece of clothing. Now we just wear a shirt over our head, but at any rate, it was great. It was fun to see you catch fish. I remember struggling mightily, uh, catching nothing, drinking lots of water and, uh, hoping that someone else was having better success than I was. And it was you and Josh well, but, and Mitch. Well, the crazy thing is, is, you know, if you don't know, I mean, just because of this calculator going crazy, um, you had, you finished in 121st place. Oh my gosh. Wow. One fish. And I believe <laughs> I caught was, one. Okay, good. One. And I believe it was registered as only, let, let me even cheat and look at my notes. Oh yes, it was. It was one pound, 12 ounces. Do you remember that almost fish catch, Nick? I don't, but I'm proud to say that it was almost two pounds. So, you know, in in the fishing world, you round up. And so, you know, solid yeah, you two-pounder. I just remember the energy that, that y'all had, again, just as, again, experiment, experiment, uh, uh, experienced anglers just in that stuff. Because, you know, now, now if we can go on to... Like what I remember in day two. That, yeah, you drew, which yeah, was the like, day, the, yeah, the day two is, is as is, an you know, atheist made me believe in God just a little bit more because you deserve <laughs> to draw. God bless us. Probably the greatest man that ever walked the earth. But I, I had all of my day one excitement shattered at Table Rock, drawing him on day two oh. and watching lots of potential. <laughs> flush down the drain like Drano. And so when you got this, I smiled and said, thanks God, wherever you are right now, Wally has mounted me and humiliated me with all of his, you know, success today. Enjoy what lies ahead for you, my dear friend. Well, but that is funny. And so, you know, I, I'm asking Josh, I'm like, he's like, Hey, who'd you draw? And I was like, and I even remember Josh kind of <laughs> sighing and he goes, you know, he's, he's an old timer. He's been around. He was a Vietnam helicopter pilot guy. Um, I remember any of that. <laughs> he, he was, he was from our, I don't even know where it is. And, and Nick with his studious uh, mind, our 
Texas is where he hails from. A R E. Dude, and, and hey, I got to stop you guys. He's probably the best guy ever. This is oh, he was a, so oh, nice. He was the wonderful person to fish with. Yeah. He, he was fantastic. But the, the biggest mistake that I made was not, Showing not up. having – No, yeah, just not having an ego <laughs> and telling him how well I did, like bragging. Because if I did – when it was, it was a brutal day. We went totally a different, you know, if you had to turn left or right and we go left with Kurt Warren, when we get to the spot where I remembered where kind of we were, I'm thinking, okay, I'm hoping he's going to go left. And Josh would like say, you know, you can't really tell him where to go. And, you know, he's going to take you where, where he's going to take you. All right. And so you're just like, wow. So when we get to a spot that I remember, I'm like, man, we went left. And he turns right. And I just remember going, no, we, we never went over here. We never went over here yesterday. And I'm like, I don't want to go there. I'm thinking to myself, no, just let me off. I'll swim and I'll go back that way and, and try and find some fish. But we hadn't gotten a bite. And, you know, and it was typical fishing. I mean, it was just yawning, sweating. You know, I'm just like, wow, I just want to kill myself. This is not fun. And then toward the end of the day, he goes, Hey, big fellow, what, how did you do yesterday? And I said, I finished in third at nine, nine. And he goes, oh my gosh, we got to get you some fish. <laughs> and so I was just thinking, oh my God, why did I not tell you this like 10 hours ago? You know, so he literally starts pulling up to like a stump and he goes, I'll give you the first three casts at that That's, magic spot. And, and most guys right would there. never and, do and that. Goes, and he goes, throw it right there, throw it to the right. And I throw it and he's just like nothing, nothing. Well, then he starts going kind of fast and I see this log sticking out of the water and I throw a 1.5 square bill and I'm literally watching the lure and it comes up and it nails the log sticking out, you know, just underneath the surface and ricochets. And then a two pounder just comes out of nowhere. And, and, I'm, and I'm literally like holding my arms because he's leaving with the trolling motor on high. And I see that fish and I set the hook and I have to tell him, turn that thing off because I, I just knew it was going to break. And and he goes, you got one? I'm like, I'm positive. And he goes, are you snagged? I'm like, no, I've got a fish. I watched it take the bait. And he was just like, he slowed down. We got it in. Josh, the day <laughs> before we fish said, if you can catch two, I bet you that will throw you into the top 10 and you'll be good. I didn't catch another fish and ended up um, finishing in uh, 15th um, for, for the deal. But I think, and I think the check was like eight or $900, which was, which was fun. But at the end of the day, when we weighed in and, you know, I circle back and, you know, take all my tackle and rods out and I'm looking for Josh's rig. I set everything down on Josh's boat. And I just told him I was going to lie down in the grass for a second. I mean, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I literally fell asleep and I, it takes me forever to go to sleep. I passed out in that grass, probably in 108 degree weather, just didn't care. <laughs> I, I was exhausted. He was dead. I, I mean, dead, but you know, a lot of that one day I felt like the biggest wimp when I told Josh, I, you know, my shoulders and my back are just shot. I'm, I'm really, dis up. really disappointed. I missed that opportunity to tickle you. 
If you were that asleep in the grass, my goodness, <laughs> damn it. Dude, hey, so one of the practice days, we were out there, and it's one of the more hot humid days. It's early September in, in Oklahoma. It's hot. And uh, we, we, I could tell that we, there was the three of us in the boat, and I could tell, you know, it was, it was getting late. You know, it's probably 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and um, Wally was ready to be done fishing, you know. Uh, and I don't blame you, dude. It was hot. and um, But I'm going to push it a little bit longer. And I said, when we run out of water to drink, we'll get off the water. And uh, <laughs> five minutes later, I look back and Wally's dumping water bottles on his head. <laughs> I'm like, hey, what are you doing, re- dude? I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Selective memory, dude. But no, you're dumping the water bottles over your head to stay cool. And I'm like, those are that's We're out of water. water. But, it, it's even, but it's even like with you guys. I mean, you know, in, in Arizona, you know, and, and the lakes, you know, in the spring and the summer. I mean, you know, brutal, 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 hot, hot, hot. It's hot as balls all day long. People don't understand that, you know. And then if it's, you know, no wind, and it's, you, you know, humid, and it's over 100 degrees on the water in Oklahoma, it's it's just brutal. And it's like, how long have you been here? I don't even know. You know, just shoot me, tickle me. I don't even care. I'm just ready to die. <laughs> it's a good way to go. If you have to die, the tickle yeah. is a great method. But, you know, overall, I mean, fantastic experience, but it was also, again, another day in the life of even back then, Josh grinding, grinding to just, you know, make a name, get, keep being known, you know, keep getting there, keep going forward in his profession, trying to be the best that you can be. And, you know, driving from Arizona to Alabama, back to Arizona, leave your boat here, drop, fly across the nation to be with your kids and wife for a small amount of time. And then you're on the road, you know, the glory that y'all get is very little unless like, you know, your relived U.S. Open win you know, giant, giant Kickstarter back in your butt to get back out there. And, and, you know, your confidence is, is beaming now, you know, now you want to go back and see if you can do it a second time on that same lake. Now that Mead's got no water in it, but it's, it's just crazy what, what you guys do. And, you know, well, so you when you see my, all. when you see my polls and, you know, this, this was a fan shot that I shot from my computer screen when ding dong, there it is. Nice. That's awesome. You know, and so, and so, and, and I look at it a lot in my office. I mean, this is my office downstairs in our basement. Um, but when I see those things, it's just that that's the moment of glory that those guys go for holding those big elite series trophies back then. I mean, that thing weighs 40, 50 pounds. It's, it's dude, dumb. dude, what I'll say is like, uh, and you talk about that, but like the glory is also just those moments on the water. Like when you're catching those fish, that that day that you had where you caught those fish like dude that's awesome you'll remember that forever right and uh you know maybe nick doesn't remember his 180 but i remember uh a bunch of the fish that i caught in that tournament you know and uh, in every tournament so like yeah it's awesome if you if you end up doing well and and get to hold a trophy or a checkup but like yeah just the whole experience is fun. You end up with a lot of stories from it. And uh, just there's, there's high points throughout the week. Even if it's a tough week, you're going to have, uh, you know, fun and, and have high points too. So um, was, was that the last tournament of the season? It was. was that, yeah. And was that the year you qualified for the elites? Or yeah, the I, I, that was, I wrapped up AOI in the mm-hmm. opens in that tournament. So, uh, so you know, it yeah, was, that's, it, that's it was overshadowed. Be- 
by uh, Wally's phenomenal day one effort, but uh, exactly <laughs> but really, but you know, just from fishing with again, the so-called pro is just, you know, if you listen, you know, it, it's amazing, you know, and, and I was teasing Josh, you know, one of the yesterday, I told him and he's, he's heard the story because it, it drives him crazy, but it's a little tickle jab too. back to Josh is I just, I picked up a spinnerbait one morning in practice and as I start to just roll cast it toward the shore, Josh goes, you know, this is not really a, a, a good area for that spinnerbait. Ten seconds later, nice three, four pound fish hammers the spinnerbait. And Josh is just like, oh, my gosh, I can't can't believe that. And that maybe that was a foreshadow to to my week because I did have a lot of fun. We did catch fish in practice, even though it wasn't. You know, it might have been a fish an hour. Here's the other thing. I got off on the creatures. That that ecosystem there was crazy. I mean, every time I go to a tournament, Wally goes. I mean, catfish, spoonbills, uh, I mean, gar. And, and and the guys are are fishing shoreline and looking at current. I'm looking at the school of gar 30 yards behind us, and I'm picking up rods throwing trying to catch those gar and then i get one and josh is like what are you doing i go i want to bring it to the boat i want to get my hands on it and i want a picture and josh is like you're not bringing that thing in here those things are nasty wally and i'm like i don't care and so we're getting it to the boat and then the fish just violently thrashes and just breaks the crankbait in half i mean the lip just rips right off the head the, the gar's gone. It was probably three or four feet long. And I'm like, I just, I just wanted a picture. And Josh goes, that's the best release that could have happened. I w- did not want that thing here, but I, I wanted to catch gar the rest of the day. I was just like, Oh my God, I got to catch gar. And I always tease Josh just one species. Gotta be bass. Gotta be bass. Gotta be bass. Gotta be bass. And I'm After like, every yeah, tournament, he'll call and ask what non-bass species did I catch? Yeah, yeah they call them fishery. junk fish or goon fish or whatever. I mean, if I caught a 20-pound carp, I, I'd take a picture as a professional bass fisherman and be like, look at this fish I caught. I love that stuff. That's part of the fun, going to these different lakes and, and seeing different stuff. It's not fun in tournament day, but uh, yeah, I mean... It, you, you run into some weird fish that you're not used to running into at home. So that is cool. Here is the trivia question. Don't look it up. Who won? Who, who took the title of largest bass caught at what I call Fort Lake Gibson? I like oh, to say it like that. Who caught it? It was five pounds, 11 ounces caught on day one and remained top fish. For the entire tournament. Roland Martin. It went to none other than James Fried Shrimp Elam. There it is. Nice. There it is. So, right there. That was uh, James had made the elites that year too. So I didn't even know James uh, at the time, but uh, yeah, we were on the same path. And uh, yeah, now we're, we're, you know, really good friends. And uh, But because yeah, I couldn't pretty- believe it was 2012. When Josh was like, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? I need to come on it and talk about good old Nick McMurray. And he goes, that'd be awesome. And then when I had to look up how long ago it was, I mean, 2012, I was like, wow, I didn't think it was 10 years. Um, But I just I had to read up on the tournament history. And so Jason Christie won that event um, that year. But then I just saw Biggest Fish and there was a small little article that said, Jamie, James Elam catches a 5'11". 
stays top bass for the tourney. Nice. Good for James on that, man. I'm sure he remembers that fish too. Um, okay. So that's cool. Let's uh, real quick, you know, let's, let's flash uh, fast forward over to, you know, probably a year later we're down in Alabama and um, I'm pre practicing for the classic that's going to be held the following spring on Lake Gunnersville. And Nick and I had traveled to Mississippi, fished a tournament on Ross Barnett, and we were going to hit Gunnersville for a few days after that. Now, at that point, Wally had already moved back east to the Atlanta area. He's only about three hours from Gunnersville. So um, we were chatting and it was like, hey, how about you just hop on for a day of fishing on Gunnersville? Um, so it's December, you know, fishing's, uh, it's okay. It's tough. It's the winter and we're, we're also kind of just scouting around. I'm looking for areas with grass, just stuff that would be good to fish the following year. And, uh, we find some grass, we find some hydrilla and we're fishing this grass. And clearly, you know, there had been some animosity between Nick and Wally still, I mean, things had kind of chilled out after Fort Gibson, but there was still some bad blood. And I remember um, walking to the boat and this was Nick. He does this. <laughs> yeah. While he's moving his fingers, like he's going to tickle. So, you know, Nick, what I remember is a couple, a couple times, Nick had had some caught some hydrilla on his lipless crankbait and, and slung a, a blade or two back at Wally just as, as a joke, trying to push the buttons. So, uh, Later in the day, Wally hadn't said anything when Nick did it. Later in the day, Wally catches a wad of hydrilla, <laughs> a wad <laughs> of hydrilla. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I'm talking like gently tosses it Rob. back. Don't, 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 don't laugh, Rob. I'm coming to Arizona in March. <laughs> Five pounds of hydrilla. And Wally walks to the back of the boat and launches a John Smoltz fastball into Nick's face with this hydrilla. And, uh, then they start wrestling. Oh, wait a second. Uh, hang on. I'm oh. going to interject. This is this is not how it happened. <laughs> See, I, I chose not to interrupt earlier. You you already you already messed that up. Talk about slinging a little bit of what Nick caught. Nick actually caught a mammoth amount of hydrilla. He's pulling it off of his crankbait. He turns to me and does a John Smoltz fastball to my face first. And then it was on like Donkey Kong and he is tackled on the back of the boat. And then he reaches through your seats and arm locks himself and i've got him by his feet practically pulling his pants off just going nick you are getting wet today and nick is just holding on to that seat for dear life and josh is looking at me and he's just smiling and i'm smiling because i'm not going to throw him in the water i just wanted him to squirm a little bit and then that was it and i think i probably did retaliate later in the day like josh said but that's what that's how i remember that okay nick is always pushing the big fella's buttons he is he is but so nick you go ahead real quick i'm looking um real quick to see if i've got this yeah here it is guys here it is oh, you have i don't know if you guys can see the phone oh but... look how handsome i was wow <laughs> There's a, uh, that mud on Nick's face came off the grass. So we do have this photo evidence that wow. you got him pretty good, dude. 
you got him pretty good. I, I just remember uh, not wanting Nick to go in the lake because our day was over if Nick was going to go in the lake. And you weren't really going to throw him in the lake, but no, but Nick I, and did, I sure I thought did, you were. Right. I know, I know you were like, okay, let's don't, let's don't toss him down here. And I, I, I wasn't going. <laughs> Shout out to the techs at Nitro for how well they screw down seats in a Z9 <laughs> Nitro basket because <laughs> they weren't going anywhere as I held on to that seat. So I did think of them as I was wondering how well is the seat attached to the bottom of Josh's boat? Answer pretty well, day. pretty good. That was, that was, that, that, that I mean, was fun. you know, 11 footers on Lake Erie has nothing on the force that was being applied to that seat. Rob, would I, you ever, would you take these guys fishing together again? If you were me? Absolutely not. I, yeah. Nick, I'm, 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 I'm appalled. I don't know if you feel the same. I think anybody would love to have us on their boat. I, I guess it, it, it just depends. I mean, maybe you need to bring the band back together, Josh, because you had some pretty good finishes after you pre-fished with them. So that's kind of where, where you have to weigh it. So and I remember, I remember, you know, Josh has all this impressive hardware in his office when you go to visit him. But at the conclusion of that series of opens, Mitch Kistner, one of our dear friends who was with us, is kind of like Martha Stewart. And uh, he's very, very crafty. And we had snapped a shovel in half while we were trenching to the elusive puddle referenced earlier. And then we rattle can well, he rattle canned it black and blue because at that point, Josh was fishing out of an Orlando Magic colored Z9 bass boat. And uh, we rattle canned it black and blue and made a little plaque commemorating his uh you know qualification for the elite oh, that, series that that's pretty awesome. cool I do, I do it was cool do you that still was, have it josh i do yeah it's, i it's use like it as firewood trophy no it's, it's my favorite thing and uh yeah i mean just that whole year and mitch and mark they deserve huge shout outs too because uh, yeah mitch is the one that found that backwater that we ended up which was it was attached already you just couldn't get a boat over it, it was like six inches deep we called the army corps we called um tournament director, tournament director. made sure it was cool and then um yeah we got out there and uh just dug like tried to dig a little bit of a, a, a channel to get the boats in so no i proceeded to catch nothing in it in the tournament <laughs> so well the first day of the tournament was a huge disappointment i go back there and mitch goes back there we catch nothing so i'm like watching this whole thing this whole dream like just go down the drain because if i if i bomb this tournament i'm falling out you know so i go out to the lake I end up catching uh, three decent fish and like salvage the day in like 60th place or something. And then the second 59, day, 59th. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so the second day, I start on the lake on this rock, this offshore rock, uh, which is a, a common deal over there that time of year. It's how Wally caught him the first day. It's just, it's how you catch him that time of year over there. And, uh, that totally fails me. So I got nothing else. So I end up back in the backwater just with nothing out, out of out of desperation. And they are in there and they are biting. And we lit them up until uh, the end of the day. Uh, and Mitch got in there too and did also. And um, it was pretty awesome, man. So, uh, but yeah, that, that Mitch and Mark dessert, we had so much fun with those guys uh, doing that for a couple of years. And I remember, you know, we were just so much younger. We, we weren't, as affected by a sleepless night or whatever. I mean, I remember 
we got to that tournament, Nick Wally and I and Mitch and Mark were behind us. They drove through the entire night to get there. They get to the, they show up at about 6 a.m. at the boat ramp and we're getting to the ramp at the same time to launch. And uh, they're like, we could go to sleep or we could just shotgun a beer and head out to the lake. And to commemorate showing up, they shotgun a beer on no sleep, launched the boat and went pre-fishing. So uh, that <laughs> things are a lot different now. It uh, it was fun though. Don't, yeah, I don't, don't you think sometimes, sometimes nowadays you take it a little too serious. And if you could just go back to pre-fishing with these two guys or uh, just relaxing a little bit, it might, it, it might help at times, right? Sure. I mean, yeah, sometimes maybe just once in a while to loose, loosen things up and to, and to refresh a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's it's super easy to, to take it too seriously. And you, you got to take it serious because if, yeah, if you if you don't, yeah, you it's overall probably isn't the right deal. But uh, I totally agree. Yeah, sometimes it's nice to have that. Well, that's cool. Um, do you guys have anything else for Wally before we roll there? Nice picture of a brown trout uh, back there. <laughs> do you guys have anything else for him before we let him roll? This was this was Lee's ferry. Nice. Oh, <laughs> I know, man. It's just good to see you, Wally. I know you've moved on to doing in, big wall, big things in, in the state of Georgia. Uh, you know, I just, I had to come back, you know, real estate was a good opportunity. My parents were getting older and I'd been out in Arizona for almost 23 years. So it was, a, it was a good run, but you know, I missed home. Uh, it was just kind of time to come back and uh, help mom and dad and get real estate rolling here. So it, it, it's, it's been a good run. You know, I do, I do miss this time of year out in Arizona where, you know, temperature is Nice and refreshing. It's still probably pretty chilly, though, out there sometimes in the morning. I mean, here it was 27 this morning. That, that's pretty cold. for It's real cold for here. I don't know. It feels like Lambeau um, Field in my I'll garage out, right now. I'll be out there, too, Rob. I don't know if you can go, but maybe we could all go. Um, I, you know, I'll be out there. March. I'll go, yeah. After all yep. this, no chance he's having both of you together. Right, but, I know. But maybe we can take maybe two one at a time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be out of town, so it's just you three. Josh can get us a loaner. I'll, I'll have Josh call Bass Pro get us a loaner. There you go. <laughs> I'll call Johnny. <laughs> uh, well, Wally, dude, it's been awesome, man. Thank you uh, for coming on, and uh, we'll have you again because we've got a lot of stories. And, uh, yeah, <clears throat> we know, you, you know, uh, dude, we uh, we go way, way back. You're one of my best buds. And uh, uh, this is a story that, that we talk about and reference amongst each other all the time. So hopefully the listeners like it. Um, I, I think they will. Do you have anything else before we let you go and uh, wrap this one up? I know we're running a little bit late here. No, it's all good. I appreciate it, guys. It's, it is fun. You know, I, I like listening to you guys. I always tell, tell Josh, you know, good old tickling Nick. And then you got good Rob. He's got the Rob. You got a great voice. I like that. It's like you got a great radio uh, voice. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's Nothing always, of value to say, but it sounds good coming out. Right. <laughs> you know, so it is, it's fun. And it's fun to see the jabs that, that you you guys have. And I love Nick's humor. You know, it, it is, it is very captivating and, and it makes me smile because you're quick witted in it. And it's, that's a talent. Oh, thank you. I'm not worthy. That's and awesome. then Josh, not much success, you know, hopefully this, this year coming up, you just, you kill it. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it big time. I'm definitely going to try, and uh, hopefully I can uh, run back into you uh, at some point when I'm back there this uh, this spring. So, um, yeah, of course, 
usually when you're in Arizona, I'm back East and, and vice versa. But um, anyways, thanks again so much, dude. And uh, as Wally shows us the rest of his book collection, we will, uh, we'll see you soon, dude. We'll have you back on again. Hey, y'all be good. Thanks. See dude. you, Wally. See you, buddy.